0: I was considering going down the sort of supporting like male mental health but I don't think I'm at a place to be like helping other people. I'd much rather say I was I was in like not a great shape and not a great way and sort that out first. I just need these few months to just focus on myself and use this as a target for myself to get into a better place.
1: My name is James Cura, this is Everything Is Hunky Dory, a podcast where we spark the conversation about mental health. Each week, I'll be sitting down with a close friend and giving quality time to a conversation we may have never had. The more we can see, understand and talk about mental health, the more people we can help. So this podcast was started to get people talking, to show that you are never really alone and even at your worst, you are still valued. The news last week that Caroline Flack had passed felt like a big moment to me. I'm sure like many people listening to this podcast, I was someone who watched her on Love Island very regularly, and for someone so beautiful, successful and loved to feel her personal life being subject to conjecture and torment is an all too familiar problem in a society so connected. We can't know how Caroline felt in the last few weeks, but I'm sure her closest people would have moved heaven and earth to be there for her. And this is maybe what we can take from this tragedy. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. If you've been hit hard by the news, as many people have, remember there is always someone to reach out to. You can text or call the Samaritans on 116 123. To have the support of a friend or family member is one of the most sustaining things you can have and the person on today's podcast is one of those supports. Me and Josh have known each other since we were young kids, from tragic events such as watching skins and trying to act like the main characters, to going through some serious highs and lows together. It's safe to say we know each other fairly well. It's only until recently, though, that I, in particular, have been able to value his friendship on a higher level. As you go through stuff in life, it can sometimes be hard for a friendship to mature, to the point where you can talk about anything, good or bad. But as our awareness of each other grew, I noticed how much I could and came to rely on him. And knowing he's just a text away gives me that next level of support, whether it be about work, money or relationships. He is the kind of guy who will ask how you are and actually listen to what you are saying. So in this episode, I wanted to take the chance to see how he was doing and give that support back to him. So I lumped my mobile podcast studio over to his house, we ordered dominoes and we had a good old catch up. Okay, welcome to Everything is Hunky Dory, the podcast about sitting down with a mate and getting down to the nitty gritty of stuff. Today we've got my friend Josh, someone who I've grown up with who knows me in and out, and I'm hoping that today, after today, I will know Josh a bit better. So tell me, go on, obviously the conversation from this podcast, the idea behind the podcast is to start talking about mental health. Um, between men obviously I mean, Mm. we're going to get some girls involved as well but it's nice to it's nice to start with 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 people who stereotypically we don't talk about stuff so do you have you noticed in public life more thoughts going into mental health I mean I noticed recently a um, a advert on Spotify yeah it was a uh, advert where they started saying about how like they were like oh mate are you okay Um, and then there was a he was like yeah I'm fine and there was a grizzly bear on his back he was like no, mate are you okay and then he was like actually mate I do need to talk and it's like I thought it was a really good way because you know a lot of people are our age that's, that's our demographic Spotify yeah. is kind mm-hmm. of you know what is it it's, it's, it's students and sort of young professionals um, but yeah have you seen anything have you seen anything recently where you could sort of say oh there's, there's more it's becoming more of an agenda it's definitely been noted
0: more in the in, like the, in the public eye and like Public figures will refer back to it more and speak out more, and I think obviously social media is having a big influence, which I'm sure we'll get on to. But I think I think it's still I think it still is an issue with men discussing it openly and trying to like speak out about it. Like there's only so much the media can do and what we see in day to day life. There's always going to be an element of a competitive nature between your friends. Like even uh, even in relaxed environments, you're always. You're always reluctant to show any sort, any sort of sign of weakness, or you don't want to be seen as like letting people down, maybe, or being a burden. And that's just like that's just a stigma it has got against it at the moment. Well, I think it's an old-fashioned stigma, and I think we are getting away from it of of looking at mental health as a weakness. But I think it should be, I think it definitely should be as addressed as now like a a strength, and like it should be inspiring to see people talking about it and opening up about it because. It's important. It's important, and as you as we know
1: how how it affects many people in our lives. I I thought it was a really interesting uh, thing when you uh, answered some of the questions. Um, you said how you actually get a buzz out of hearing about someone else's success, mm. which I think is a really honest and kind of like pleasantly surprising thing to hear from someone because I I, I can. I could probably assume that a lot of people, maybe not with their best friends, because you, you you have you know that that draw to your best friends, but a lot of people would sort of base someone else's success and look at themselves and go, well, that's negative for me because I haven't yeah. had that success. Yeah. I why mean, do you Why do you think you look at them that way? I think firstly is that I, like that that feeling you get when
0: you like I don't know if you win a sports game or I don't know, if you like win a bet in a casino, or like that that feel that adrenaline buzz. I get I generally get that, and when I hear like if my friend got a promotion or if my friend like, got a new girlfriend or if they had, like, a, they had a, a successful achievement in their life, and I do get that feeling of like excitement. Um, and I think, like, I think I'm just quite a sort of friend-orientated person where I care a lot more about their well-being than my well-being and I don't really acknowledge how I'm doing most of the time and I'll be more focused on how other people are doing, like family and friends included. So if someone asks you how you are,
1: my you, natural reaction would be, I'm, I'm fine. And then you'll ask how they are because, because it's, it's easier to talk about how they're doing and then you can almost you can have as deep a discussion with someone talking about them yeah then about you i would enjoy hearing more about other people
0: and what they're up to rather than talking about what i'm up to really and i'm i'm, I'm all i am always quite not reluctant but it would always be like in second place in the conversation and i'd i'd actively let the channel it that way why do you why do you <clears throat> think you don't get onto you i think it's it's a weird one i like, think it's definitely changed over the last since like 5 6 years coming from, sc- from maybe from like leaving school with, uh, since then where i just kind of i guess i don't want to like be discussing how i'm doing because i get i do have that competitive nature still probably and i am probably uh, like subconsciously comparing me to how people are doing and like yeah i think there's i think there's a confidence issue there now like you can put on this by put on this big like Bullshy, like, confident exterior. But I think deep down, I do have, like, insecurities and, and like, things will get me sort of bogged down a bit.
1: So then if I'm not talking about myself, I'm not I'm not sort of entering any of those issues. Yeah. In a way, what I've noticed I'll do sometimes is if I really don't want to talk about me or, or get deep into me, I'll actually be overly confident and try and, like, c- kind of be the centre of attention, but mm. in a way that doesn't make the topic of conversation me yeah. It sort of it just means that it's i'm like, like a physical f- energy yeah yeah, wow. yeah yeah and it's like a look
0: at look, look at me more, instead of listen to me yeah
1: yeah exactly, exactly. the class clown exactly <laughs> but then have you have you noticed that within yourself yeah
0: yeah i mean i think we're, we're 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 worse than each other like just being kind of like a showy off nature gets gets the crowd going
1: yeah and but also we're not actually
0: having to like like show any of like our feelings
1: and how we're doing who would you say is the people because when you're in a relationship, naturally, you're drawn to be able to sometimes, you know, not all the time, sometimes you have, it's hard to talk to that person as well, but sometimes it, that person is your person you go to. Sure. So do you find now that you have the, uh, someone who you can still go to, or is it, <clears throat> is it difficult to then find a moment to talk? Um,
0: I've definitely opened up new conversations with different people since since the breakup, and I've... I've talked more openly about how I'm doing to more people, which I think it's actually a step in the right direction for myself. Um, but I wouldn't say I've I wouldn't say I've found more people to talk to. I'd say people who I was was already speaking to. I've I've definitely gone a lot more deeper into how I'm how I'm doing. Because so I did I mean I went like it's now been like three four months where I'm like I need to address how I'm how I'm doing. So I haven't I haven't like even begun to tackle it yet. Um, and I think, yeah, as you said, talking is, just, is, like, is, is the cure for me at the moment or, it's, or it's, the, it's the helping mechanism. Overall, I'm like, I'm happy. I'm happier, um, but I'm happier because I'm now, like, trying to channel my thoughts in a more healthy way. It's basically come down to a stage where I, I need to be completely honest that I'm, like, I'm not okay with the situation, how it's making me feel. When I do think about like what happened, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of there's a lot an element of like beating myself up quite a lot, Um, and there's sort of a lot of regret there and like mistakes were made, but I just need to now just use use the whole new year to kind of focus on myself now and stop kind of just putting it to the back of my back of my head. But I just need to kind of be completely honest with myself and be more open with people. They're my kind of two my main priorities for the new year.
1: Do you feel like sometimes um, I think a lot of people find this is that rather than dealing with something, it's easier to self destruct mm. because you're not having to face the the negative reality of it. Because self destructing just it's just it's just easier. It's, it's easier. easier to, I know it's easier to you know I, I, personally. i I start smoking when I start getting stressed and you know having emotions. I'll I'll just be like, fuck! I'll get back on, sm- on smoking because it's an easy thing for me to. Sort of direct my energies towards yeah yeah, yeah. Right. and you
0: don't have to think about it really as well it's yeah just, it's just like your go-to destruct switch on
1: but that's what that's why yeah dr- drinking
0: and yeah I'm for too. me it's yeah for me it's drinking and then when you have a few pints it kind of those as you said those sort of feelings go away so you think oh maybe i'm getting better and maybe things are looking up and then next day you're like oh no i'm 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 when i'm kind of sober again it um it just hits you twice
1: as hard can i ask you a really random question hit me have you ever taken a, like a drink of alcohol, but a bigger drink because you knew you had, like, emotion in the belly. <laughs> I know there have been times where, because I've been upset, I will have two or three gulps of, like, a pint instead yeah. of one because I know... Just I trying don't... to get rid of something. Yeah. 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 It, yeah and it's yeah, yeah. filling up... Because emotion does come from the... It, it, like, from it manifests the in the gut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you eat, overeat, and you drink, and all that stuff. And I noticed within me, it was so weird. Like, I would definitely... When I you know was out at the pub and feeling down, I I would just drink a little bit more, a little bit quicker because then I knew it'd be able to shut down that thing about me. Yeah, it's a
0: weird one, isn't it? Because when you because sometimes like when you drink to celebrate as well, those emotions are heightened, aren't they? But then also when you're drinking to escape something or forget something, then it is able to suppress that as well. It's kind yeah. of it kind of just channels your mood, just emphasises it more how it's doing or where it wants to go. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I've, I've done a million million times where I probably just. Gone to the pub and be like, right, I need a few pints, but when I'm going to drink them fast as well to kind of to get rid of a place where I am,
1: and I want to be in a more sort of comfortable, happy environment. As as a, as a bloke, why do you think the pub is? Sometimes it can be perceived as somewhere which I know a lot of um, a lot of men at a certain age sometimes find that the pub can be their only distraction, their only social interaction. Do we do we have an issue with creating more social Social constructs that aren't based around drinking and going to the pub? Yeah, I think so. I think, well, because if you were
0: to kind of think of other hobbies or social activities to do it, number one, it requires an element of like continuous organisation that would naturally end up in a drinking environment anyway. So if you were, I don't know, if we're going to go play football on Saturday or if we were going to go, if we're going to go like rock climb or just try a new hobby. You, the, the likelihood is
1: that they would always end up in a pub at the end and talk about it over a pint but is, th- that, is that why there is this issue now because if you see your mates once a week and that's what you do you go and play golf and you go to the pub mm. does that give you a chance to actually sit down with your mates and talk like we are
0: yeah I think so I think the pub well it de- depends how many people are there if I'm yeah. at the pub with two or three friends yeah. rather than 15 people then I think it's got a good opportunity to catch up and see how you're doing like oh most of my honest conversations so far over the last few months have been over a pine. And it's not, it's not us getting battered, it's just us like, talking heart to heart. And if you're in the right environment, where if you're like, sat at a table and it's not too loud, it's actually a really nice spot to kind of open
1: up. You are, and have always been, someone who's been fairly popular... I'm not going to take, give you too much praise. Great, have Someone who's fairly popular, fairly attractive. Yes, stop it. <laughs> um, and someone who people genuinely like. You've also been pretty successful in having a good career in London. You know, you've got... You, you're living in your own place in Hackney now. A lot of people would look at you and go, you're stereotypically someone who, if you saw on Instagram, they would go, God, this guy's got the perfect life. Do you feel like um, you ever have to project a certain image based on who you are? As in... Because you are, you you know you're you're the kind of character you are. You're very confident in with around your friends yeah. and around probably work colleagues as well. <laughs> One, do you ever have do you ever have to keep up those appearances? And two, in all of this good stuff, you know you've got a great family system. You've got some very supportive brothers and stuff like that. Yeah. How how did you find like how did you work out that you there there wasn't something. Right, with your own mental health when you when it came to looking at yourself and giving mm. yourself a chance to you know I've never really had like like
0: significant setbacks or significant events in my life where' I've like where they've actually like affected me. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I've had sort of family members passing away and whatnot and like you kind of you learn to like deal with them and you live with them. but like I think what the recent event and my first like big breakup where it's actually been like, oh God, this is actually something that's really hit you. And it's affecting you like on a day-to-day basis. That's when you have to like stop and check yourself and be like, "Oh, you're not okay." Um, and then like there'll be sort of, obviously there's times where you're sort of you're just like you go through hours or days where you're just sat down and sad and crying. And then it's like you need to address this. You need to do something about it. You can't just continue just, like moping along and feeling sorry for yourself and not actually sorting it out. So I think I think that that was th- that key event was the time when I was like, okay,
1: let's let's kind of let's act on this. Did you notice other things in your life that weren't how you wanted them to be, as well as because I I noticed in myself that a breakup did stir up a load of things that I'd been mm. you know suppressing. Yeah. It made me aware that there were a few things that I needed fixing, and it wasn't just about the breakup. Even though the breakup was what put sort of almost you know, Overfilled with a glass.
0: Yeah, I definitely was taking my family's situation for granted. Like, they've been really, like, helpful. My brothers and my mum and dad, they've been sort of really supportive and giving me sort of good guidance over these last few months, which I I think, I guess, I wasn't really, wasn't really using them or using their sort of, like, life experience. And, I mean, they're all really intelligent people as well, so they do give sort of really handy... They're not just a sort of shoulder to lean on. They, they actually give, like, handy sort of guidance, which I definitely wasn't using before. Um, and I find myself, like not attending sort of social events and kind of just backing off on sort of social media quite a bit as well and I've like my presence has definitely gone down since and I've died that's kind of an active decision I kind of want to not show people how I'm doing because I don't want to be telling people this in public and I'd rather just talk to people about it one-on-one
1: This is a good time to maybe come in social media because obviously like you said, from what I've seen as well, um, I, it's, it's it's difficult to post something that isn't based on something good. Normally, the posts you want and the posts that you you know you can see loads, loads of people get likes are holidays and yeah. you know successes and stuff like that. And it's never really you know even even I mean even me posting something to do with Movember. Yeah. Even you know the idea behind Movember is so a great charity, great stuff that goes towards. Even that, I was slightly hesitant in the back of my head just because I was like, oh, will it? create a stigma around me because as soon as someone sees you're trying to be actively helping a charity based on mental health they start going oh wait is cure okay not necessarily saying that i am okay i'm not okay but there was something in my head that did say do you want to be doing this is this Mm. is this going to be socially something that's going to you know Put you in an awkward position. Yeah. So, what
0: are your what are your opinions on social media? Um. Yeah. As you said, the posts are only look how great this is or look how happy I am. It's never. It's never like oh, here's what I'm doing at work today or here's my commute home sort of thing. Yeah. It's always. It's, it's it's never sort of based on reality. And it's never based on actual what people are actually doing in their day to day life. It's not. It's not reflective at all. And I think people then the competitive nature comes out on people, and it's never going to end well when you're constantly just scrolling through posts looking at these different sort of situations people are getting themselves into these amazing places they've gone to it's, it's, just, it's just not making you feel good like you want to see friends like having a nice time but I don't want to be scrolling for four hours mindlessly looking at different people's videos and stories and being like oh well that's, that's great you're doing that and I'm, I probably, I'm following probably 30% of people who I
1: don't probably talk to anymore now or it, don't even like. The interesting thing that I find is that So when Facebook first came in and we had MySpace sort of stuff, you followed your friends and Mm. that's what made it kind of like, you know, interesting because you were were looking at your friends' feeds and okay, you were comparing them to your friends. But now, because Instagram has the fact that you can follow celebrities, which actually... We could never do before. You yeah. never really followed people. But okay, Facebook pages came into eventually. Yeah, but even it's Instagram now, and it's Instagram and Twitter. Once it kind of took over, weren't they? Yeah, so now, so now, instead of seeing your friends and seeing what they're up to, you're actually just con- consistently getting a, f- a drip feed of these people who, whose lives are in the one percent. You know, celebrities mm-hmm. have this perfect existential experience because they have money and they have fame and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and so. That's maybe another negative is that rather than just seeing your friends who you'd be fine with, if you follow fifty celebrities, you've then got all of this different. You know, I know, I know. For one, you you start following um, reality TV stars, and they're on holiday, and they're promoting all these different products, and and a lot of them have got amazing bodies. And you start, then you really start going, Christ, I am. You know, this guy I'm following is twenty four, and he's got an amazing body, he's got an amazing job. You go, fuck, like what's wrong with me? What's happened here? Yeah, I think the. The celebrity
0: aspect is is dangerous because you will you are following them on a daily basis. You are following their, following them around their lives, and you'll you'll start to compare and you'll start to try and live like them and replicate stuff they do, or try and to, to some degree to like how you can afford or how you can how you can can make it happen in your life. And it's it's not it's not healthy at all. And I think it it's a
1: life that's been completely programmed by someone. Someone has been employed to make that person's like you know. You look at most posts and you see the ones where someone's obviously copy and pasted something and by mistake, and you go, shit, like, their social media feeds are probably 90% managed. Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay, part two, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so, uh, we uh, took a bit of a break last from last time. Yeah, we've changed years. We have changed years. It's kind of nice to have like that like distance between, You know, now we're, we're our future selves. We can look back on ourselves from last year and take a proper, proper critique. About yeah. who we are.
0: I mean, hearing that back, I sound like a mumbling, weird freak.
1: Well, I do. I think it's good that you've got... You know, last year represented you in a hungover state. You weren't healthy. You were disgusting. You know, disgusting. You were in the pits, really. Whereas now, look at you. You're fresh. It's <laughs> a new year. You've started training for a half marathon. Yeah. Done one run. One run is all it takes. You know, you, you've, you've done more than a lot of people.
0: Mm, that is true. Um,
1: that is true. So, how did you find New Year's?
0: New Year's was good. It was good. We had, obviously, had... Uh, the first night where we went camping, quite new, to me, being, quite new to me being a being a urban monkey, and then, not racist. That is it. Cut that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will be cutting a lot of this. There's a lot of shit in it. Um, yeah, spent so camping, drank some whiskey, and then everyone turned up for New Year's Eve, which was good. I had some Had some good catch ups, did a pub quiz. I think it was, yeah, I think everyone had fun. Good curry. Back to the roots. Um, yeah. Did you, know, you have Johnson? any? any... Issues, issues yeah. with the curry? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's too much of an English curry for me. I but, actually thought it was great. Yeah, it was great. But, like, you know, when you get chicken tikka, lamb boona... That just... Four that buna. Yeah, that just that just sums up an English man's curry. If um, you want to go for a curry, we'll go to Jashan, and I'll, I'll take you to... Where? Uh, Jashan in, in North London. Much more Indian-style curry. Jashan,
1: yeah. It's, uh, Have you, you been to Jashun? T- 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 t-
0: yes, mate. you the most English curry house
1: in the world. No, there. I'm sorry. That is... A really good place. Nah, it's awful. I mean, it's good. It's good, but I wouldn't go there to be like I know a great Indian. No, yeah, you wouldn't go there say, for a, I know a great restaurant. You wouldn't go there for a curry per se, but you go there for like an experience of, a, of like an Indian.
0: No, 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 not an Indian. The the reason why it's so good is because it's, it's it. Bengal initially isn't it? initially was an Indian restaurant, but it's just been completely westernized. So the food's delicious and it's a great experience, as you said. But it's not Indian meal. No. Anyway,
1: um, yeah. so. How did you find New Year? <laughs> yeah, good. I actually found it, um, I found, uh, I actually found New Year harder than, maybe because we were hungover. But Sleep yourself? Were you not? I was. No, I was hungover. I was, I, I actually found myself um, worryingly not up for New Year's as I thought I was going to be. And then I found myself catching up with myself the whole night.
0: Do you, find, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, yeah the, ha- the hangover mix of stodgy curry. Yeah. And I think a lot of people being in one room is is, uh, is not, not intimidating, but it's overwhelming. So you're not really catching up with it. You're not having that good of a time with just individual people. Just, it's more of like a crowd entertainment environment Yeah, where it can take it out of you as well. Do you think
1: that's the kind of thing you will do every New Year's? What, in like, a big group? Yeah. Um, I think definitely for the next,
0: like, for the... Two, two, three years. Like, my brother, who's thirty one, day two, he had his first new year, just him and his wife. That's quite and nice, they, they was like, Yeah, he's got a pizza, and just, just chilled. And it was, like, it was really nice. But he, but then he said to me, he was, like, I did get, like, huge FOMO from not even, like, going to a specific event, just, just knowing that this is the first time I've done this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting to hear him say I mean, he's, he's, he's still got, like, the party bones in him, but he, yeah, he just uh, decided to call it. He just moved out, so I think he was just kind of trying to maybe save some cash as well what
1: were your new New year's resolutions so we know we know you're doing a half marathon yeah is that your new year's resolution that's the that's the change for for your year
0: yes I mean it's not the marathon is not half marathon is not a resolution it's just like a target for me Um, I think my new year's I've got got two main ones my first one is to um, focus on myself more and and see the bigger picture of certain situations rather than focus on Short-term gains. Yeah. Um, definitely, that's where I, that's where I kind of suffered the most, and l- affected myself long-term when I wasn't looking at the bigger picture. When I'd like, if it was like to go for a night out or to like see this see this girl or like ugh, just just making really rash decisions and not really thinking of the benefits, what how it would affect me in weeks and months to come. So I think just looking, just taking a step back. And just observing the decision I'm making. That's like my overall one. It's quite, it's quite like a vague one. But I think I know certain examples where I can really put that into place. Like going for excessive beers on a Thursday night, or spending way too long out. Like when you should just be going home at a reasonable hour. They're just like short term. They're short term games where you're having more fun at that time. But I think it's I think just being like, look, Josh, come on. Twenty six years old now. Twenty six next week. Um, and just and just like. Realising what the effects could
1: could happen later on in the line. Do you think you do enough for yourself? Do you think any, you, do you think you give yourself enough time to do something that's purely for you that you could do on your own? Do you find yourself doing stuff on your own that much mm-hmm. apart from now you're running? Yeah,
0: no, I don't. I don't do. I try and do as little as possible on my own because I don't like I don't like my own company because I just cause I'm not at stage now. Where I just think and think and think. Yeah, and it's it's not healthy for me, and I I'm a lot. I'm more productive, and I'm a lot more happier when I'm talking to people um, about like what's going on, or literally about, or, or just like talking to people in general and having fun with them, rather than being content with my own company. Yeah,
1: I think that's why where your running comes in quite nicely because having something where you're like, this is just going to be me. I don't have to. I don't have to play any part. I don't have to be anyone who I. I can literally just run. I can just think. Yeah. And I know. You say like you might overthink at times, but I. I. I do feel like. In terms of like going to the gym or something, it does give myself some time just to literally just switch off, not have to speak to anyone, not do anything. I can I can do my own thing.
0: Mm, I think I think most of the time where where I have had time alone the last few months, I've I've been in a in probably not a great mental state either. Whether it would be like. Being sad or being like hungover—that's oh, actually probably the only time where I am alone. Because normally, when I'm just fresh and I'm at best, when I'm at work or when I'm with my friends. Yeah. Um, but- so I don't think I've actually given myself the opportunity to give myself that alone time. I think you're right. Running would be a good, a good time to just like erase any sort of negative thoughts or negative thinking. Um, but I think actually I found myself yesterday. I was like, I'm not actually thinking about anything with the run, but I am feeling good. And yeah. I'm Feeling like I'm feeling a lot clearer. My feeling but I wasn't being I wasn't like processing thoughts but it'll be interesting to see how the next few months go definitely.
1: Well I know you, and, and like uh, just switching to to the to your run could be a good opportunity to do something for you know charities, throw something out there. I was considering going down the sort of supporting like male mental health yeah. or but
0: I don't think I'm at a place yet to be like helping other people. Yeah. Um I I'd much rather say I was I was in, like, not a great shape and not a great way and sort that out first. Because my, my, my ultimate ambition is, if this goes well, is to then train for a full marathon. Mm-hmm. So if I do this and then I train for a marathon, then that, that's when I can start actually, like, benefiting others. But I just I just need these few months to just focus on myself and use this as a target for myself to get into a better place. I think that's a
1: really good uh, thing for anyone to hear, really, because I think a lot of people can get confused, where, like, in... Trying like they may have gone through something with a, with their own mental health, and then they start they start going, okay, well, let me try and help other people yeah. instead of helping myself hmm. and if anything you it's a really mature thing to say, you know what I kind of need to do me for a little bit before I then start Thinking giving back
0: exactly yeah. and that I think that's what got me into more of a
1: closed mindset was focusing
0: too much on other people to start with when I was always like deflecting questions and not really exposing of how i'm doing that's where i can't, that's probably that could be a factor of how I got myself into where I'm at now. Um, was was just not acknowledging how I'm doing. So, I, de- I definitely like do w- want to do like supporting charities in the in the future. But yeah, I just think get yourself get yourself back on track, and then uh, then you can start doing things for other people. Yeah.
1: So obviously, a lot of like a lot of a lot of stuff has been um, said and spoken and written about in terms of a person's childhood can sort of like. They can carry those aspects of their childhood throughout their lives, and I know in a lot of people it can be something that only later in life will they be able to figure out, mm. and therefore be able to learn the stuff that they could have learned earlier about somehow how their childhood was affected. Do you, when you, you know, are young? Do you remember? Was it was it like a happy time? Were you were you? Yeah, I know a lot of people have, um, will probably say that their childhoods were filled with no worries and it was very easy going and you know you didn't you didn't really have to worry about the sort of thing was it was it like the same for you
0: yeah I mean yeah you just I think you just answered the question there and I think we did touch on it in in part one where I went through like to like my from from as early as I can remember um from school my school, early school days through university they were really like happy happy times and I basically shaped my life around what was happening there where I got my circle of friends, I established what I enjoyed and what I didn't enjoy, my hobbies, and then I just kind of went from there. But but the downside of that was that it was all kind of, it was put on a plate for me and being fortunate enough to be able to go to like a good school and then go to university. But then when you go into real life, it's like, hey, now it's a much more of a DIY process and then finding out that, oh, you've actually got to like put a shift in to maintain those, maintain those hobbies and maintain those friends. Um, and I think yeah, I think it's definitely hit. Um, it's definitely hit me in terms of like how to kind of sustain those in the last year or so when I have like been like completely independent essentially. Um, but no, I, I I definitely grew up like very happy and content and uh, just like yeah, just excited like curious and excited about
1: life hundred percent. Do you think um, especially at uni when you've got. Things going on like uh, you've got stresses, you've got uh, money issues, all that stuff. Do you think that's why so it, uni or this post uni? Uni. Yeah. Do you think that's why there, um, there, you know, the build up of a drug culture starts to rear its head? Because not only you know people when they go out they take drugs, all that stuff. But have you did you notice anyone at, at uni who was um, almost like self destructing because they were using drugs as a way to cope with certain other things going on? Did anyone have any any like negative experiences with that?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of people in my friendship group, and but, I mean, like myself included, to be honest. At times, where they'd they'd like experiment with drugs, or they'd use drugs regularly to f- cope with slash forget like stuff that's going on in their life, and to kind of deal with how, like, how they're going to, just facing their demons, basically. Yeah. And, and, like, the longer you put it off, and, like, uni is a real big bubble where you can live in that bubble and kind of escape it for essentially two, three years. Um, And it's, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see, like, the paths people are taking now, like, those people, um... Uh, in like in 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 like well in like the post uni life where you cut I mean it's important you you just have to face it and you have to just get on with it now because there's like there's no there's no sort of unless you're just living off your parents there's yeah. no there's no literally there's literally no way to survive um, but yeah I mean there was definitely there was definitely a, a culture where you you wouldn't go out because you wanted to go out you'd go out because you just wanted to like, forget um, yeah and I think that was there was definitely a time where. I was I was I was in that in that bucket, which is pretty. I mean, it's a pretty. It's it's not embarrassing, but it's just like it's just quite like I'd actually say it's more of like a like a pathetic sort of out outlook on life, where it's like I'm acting like I've like seen it all and sort of been there and done that when like maybe you're like twenty years old and you think you the world's coming to an end. You're just being you probably just like gone through like a breakup. Where you're like having a hard time with work or something. And you're just um, or maybe there was just like the anxiety of like about to face real life. I actually can't put my finger on why I was, but I did go through like a quite bad phase of uni, and then that's just kind of made me
1: sort of a, bit, a lot more aware of what I do put in and put out
0: of my body sort of thing.
1: Did you? Do you think? Because um, it was sort of around the end of uni when you. Got into your probably biggest relationship to date. Mm-hmm. Do you think that gave you like a stability? The that halfway, you, three, halfway through uni. It was a halfway through uni. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Do you think that gave you a stability that if you hadn't had that, you'd have maybe, maybe continued?
0: Yeah. I mean, I was, yeah, I was, I think it was definitely a combination of. It was probably the first time I'd have, like, sustained periods of time, like, thinking I was, like, living on my own and doing my own thing um, and, like, just kind of probably got myself into the, like, with the wrong crowd or, like, I mean, I mean, they weren't my friends, but everyone was kind of in the same boat, so it probably wasn't actually a case of them being the wrong people. It was just that like we were all doing the same thing at the same time.
1: Can I ask you a really random question? Go on. um, it's one that I've, I've never really asked you, I don't think. Have you ever experienced any kind of racism? Have you experienced like, any personal... Uh, good question, very good question. Uh, I think, because you're from, just explain to listen. your, your dad's from... Uh... My dad's from Tanzania. Yeah. Um,
0: and my mum was, uh, what? Well, she was actually born in Malta, but then she was born and raised in County Durham. Um, and then they both met in London. So I've got like, a, I've got some Asian in me when my dad was, dad's parents were born in India. So I've got some Asian in me, I've got some African in me, and I've got English in me. I kind of associate with being English, and like, actually my one regret in life is actually not learning more about my African heritage and like learning the language and kind of visiting a bit more. That's probably quite a big reason I went to, lived in Uganda for a few months. When I was actually in Uganda, um, so they say Mzungu. They call Mzungu white people, mm-hmm. and Mahindis are Asian-looking people. Okay. And every week I drive to the to like the village where we were working in, and I, as we were in this like uh, in this like jeep, so it's quite obviously like not a sort of you know, the everyday car they see in the village. Yeah. We were driving along, and I was in the front seat. The window was open, and they come they'd like come running up to the car in a traffic jam. And they'd these like two little. They must have been like eleven or twelve years old. Just they just they just go, eh, Mahindi, and then they'd like they they slit their throat with their hand, and then they like pointed at me, and I was like mid waving them because you'd like waved all the kids when yeah. I passed, and I was like, oh my god, you're you're being fully racist to me. And that's I what I was thinking. Yeah, if so you drove on. But that's like the, I mean that and I was like to my to my boss who was seeing it so I was like did you see that they're like yeah maybe put a window up for a bit and and yeah that's the only time I've experienced racism but yeah never had it in, never had it in England I've actually been fortunate enough to never be on the receiving end in this country like I don't know how I'd react to like seeing like a just like your everyday sort of white male just come up and just be like be racist to me I don't know how I'd react I'd probably like curl up I'd probably just like completely curl up into a ball and freeze I reckon I wouldn't be able to like, come back with any insult. Yeah, it's a weird one actually. Good question.
1: Would you say you're a dater? Would you say to someone who thrives on a date, what's your best date? You are you a first dater or are you a second dater or where does it have you got a perfect date? Have you had a have you had time to work out what your date routine is? Uh, so any, any lucky girl would love to uh, to hear what she's got coming coming to her soon. All okay. guys. Or guy. You know. I, you know. Pfft, mate, you know, Who it's, it's a free world.
0: Who knows? Um, but this, at this point, definitely just girls. Yeah. Uh, I think when you're when you're filling out an app, you're thinking about it so hard, and, like, you're getting other people's advice and other people's, like, help on it. And if I saw a girl's, um, or a guy's, or a guy's profile, and it was, like, making me laugh, and like, oh, I'm really into this person, they could have spent, like, days on this, and then you see them in, like, a... It's like a lead balloon it could, it could just be nothing compared to what their profile is actually representing yeah. so I think I think definitely the healthiest way to meet somebody is just out or through a mutual friend or whatever and then the dream way to get to know them would be just very casual environments to start with uh, like just going for a drink or going for a walk or just doing something social which isn't too sort of intense yeah. and then when, once you realise established like a connection is there or there is a potential of a connection then you can kind of D- delve into the more sort of going for dinner or
1: uh, just taking them back to yours no, you now, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> That's getting right in this way. Uh, no, I think. Um, I think it's it's definitely something that I've learned. I think most people. Well, I I tend to rush into things mm-hmm. because of the excitement of this. Like finally, there's someone who you actually like rather than just you know people who you kind of get on with or you kind of fancy. Yeah. Have you been in the apps? Or have you? I so I um, I was on like maybe three years ago. Um, and then I tried it after a recent breakup and I just found myself, like, basically I found myself in a position where I was like, I work most of the day, I have like half an hour during during lunch break and then by the time i finished work or I've been to the gym or something, I was like, literally, there was nothing left of me to then try and bring up effort to try and speak to someone yeah. I don't know, let alone actually speak to my friends. Yeah. Like, I just, I just didn't have the... I don't know the encouragement for me to go and the energy you need. You yeah, need, exactly. you, need, you need to invest energy. But also, it's like it's like what I found myself doing as well is I would I would give myself too much time to think about like oh I need to try and be sexy and attractive and interesting about talking about what the fuck I was doing like at work today. It's like that's such a poor way of actually getting to know someone. It's all fake. Yeah. I mean, all artificial fun as well. What's the worst date you've been on?
0: The worst date. See, I've been, See, I haven't been on I've been on a date date for. <laughs> so, uh, it's, I think it's gonna be coming up to like five. Have, wait, what five was the last and time and you went on a dinner date with five someone a, new? Was five that... and a half years? Five and a half years. Yeah. So are you
1: kind of nervous about?
0: That? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm breaking it. Of course. Like, Could... I mean, oh, well, obviously, I like did my stuff with with Sophie are together. Yeah. But I haven't been. No, I haven't been on dates. Uh, oh, I guess I have been on. I mean I went pass as a date I'd like I went for some drinks with somebody yeah.
1: and I went for some drinks with like but someone it wasn't, else but it wasn't a thing where you've gone it wasn't an organised date it was like very yeah.
0: spontaneous it was like I'm around I'm in town no she was like I'm in town Yeah, and I was like cool um, I'll come meet you was, so do you I mean, think
1: that do you date? think no it's kind of a date I think if you're dating but I think um, I think a date like it's something where you go like I mean we both are we both at the time we both were, are dating yeah. we both were dating yeah and then we met together for a for drinks
0: yeah. and then you know it was nice it was a nice time and then is that class as a
1: date I would say I would say that is a date but I'd also say like a date date is when you're like I've planned to do I booked a table somewhere and we're planning to do something after that so like where it's like I think a like, date
0: is an organised yeah an organised organised
1: fun yeah. And that,
0: so, in, in answer to your question, I've been on a, a date in five and a half years. Yeah, I
1: think it was about. What was your first? I think
0: it was actually post first girlfriend at university. When then I moved into second year, and then oh my god, it's actually a, so long ago. This, <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd like I, I was actually on I was on Tinder at the time. Okay. And I'd organised i organize this date, and I think we went to uh, we, were, we went to Somerset House, and then we went for some drinks.
1: You went to Somerset House. So we
0: went ice skating, Somerset House. That, it was, it was on the a cri- first date. Yeah, yeah. I've completely <laughs> gone against how I believe now. Yeah. And then we went for some drinks, and it was really nice. And like we were like, oh my god, we got something in common. And it was, and then she was like, kind of like had an Indian background. And then like, it was... and then we started talking after that. Then she actually came to Newcastle for a couple of days.
1: Oh shit. So that that's like.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going back to uni anyway. Yeah. So there's no there's no way I could see her unless I came back. The hard to, to her
1: coming to visit you is that that's like. Yeah. It was, it was I would say point. I would say you're dating that person if they have travelled to see you. Yeah, I mean that was the second time I saw her back in Newca- in Newcastle. Yeah, and then what happened that?
0: And then she went home and I haven't seen her since. S- so she's listening <laughs> <laughs> if you listen, calm and... No, she, no, it was uh, it was uh, I think I think I was I think I was starting to get involved with the, the, the Yes yeah, 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 yeah. what happened. I think. Just trying to see if there's any overlap. No, we're good, we're good, we're
1: good fuck <laughs> yeah, honestly yeah dating, that's the last half I've been on dating yeah. is uh, it's an expensive hobby oh god yeah I, I remember that I was speaking to I can't remember I think it was one of our mates who said that he Tuesdays was his date night every Tuesday he right. would have a date he said how he's like yeah I can't do any other day so Tuesday is my date night I'll take them to like some pub in some pub. Platham, and okay. then um, but I was like every Tuesday that's your like and I'm like in some ways I'm like that's kind of nice because it means you're consistently getting through like because you kind of do have to date a few people to kind of see what you want, yeah, definitely. that kind of thing. But I was like, fuck, every Tuesday. I can't I can afford to do, you know, dating nowadays. Other one Tuesday. No, there's no rush. If anything, like I think, I think it's it's actually so kind of like you're saying. You're giving yourself some time. We've got January off off dating because we've been dating so much.
0: Wait, no, no, no. Sorry, Why just to just... give some context about this. James is having a month off any dating in January uh, because of the amount of. The extortionate dates you had in December, <laughs> yeah, and November as well. All yeah, just 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 generally, just
1: all of last year was heavy dating. Heavy heavy dating. Gonna give myself. Yeah, I might even give myself a year. Give
0: give yourself a whole year off. Give myself the whole Then
1: come flying to twenty
0: twenty one. Twenty
1: twenty, I think twenty twenty one is gonna be my year. Shit, mean that's a whole year away, man. Um. Okay, so when we talking about like <clears> online dating and stuff, we talked about uh, your profile. Do you think you've got any insecurities? Is that anything Anything that you sort of, like, worry about, about your own personal appearance or, or maybe even your <laughs> your you know your, um, personality? Anything that you kind of worry about? Um,
0: I don't know because, like, I'm definitely not... I'm 100% not perfect and I have a lot of shit wrong with me inside and out. Like, I've got quite an awful, like, body and... But I but it's never like affected me like I've got like I've always had the old man boob syndrome and I've had a bit of a belly and stuff and it should like through school and through uni like it never really directly like had an impact on like my behaviour or my mood um, so I guess that is an insecurity where like I'm aware that it's there but it doesn't
1: affect you but it doesn't actually affect me but, I mean I definitely should do something about it don't get me wrong um, where do you think your confidence comes from? Because there is, there is, there there is a a confidence that you portray to people, and it, it's a natural confidence. Well, I think that's where people get on with you because it it seems it seems authentic. Do you did you have you always had that? Have you always been able to sort of walk into a room and and you know chat to anyone and be confident around people? Um, I think I've I think I've really developed it from school,
0: where I was like. Had a, like like a good group of friends, and you know, I was I was really into sports, and you kind of got a, attention from sort of teachers and like your actual friends and girls, or whatever. And it was and it, obviously it was a big ego boost, and you kind of you kind of like thrived off that, and you kind of fueled off that. And then I guess I don't know. No, I mean, like my dad's always and my mum's always been like quite outgoing, and what I guess watching them. Um sort of just go about their daily life that they, they 've always kind of been they 've given me like energy and but i don 't think there's I can't, you know what i don 't i can 't put my finger on where it 's stemmed from and why it happens but there 's definitely there 's definitely definitely an element of um showing off yeah which i which i 'm where I do and I think that 's actually probably more of an insecurity now than it 's ever been where i 'm more i 'm like trying not to like be like an idiot and show off and just get laughs. Um, and just kind of be a bit more of like a t- like a 26 year old man and rather than like a like the c- c- class clown sort of thing um but yeah no, good question don't know where it's come from don't actually know where it's come from
1: what uh, in terms of your parents what do you think you have learned from them obviously but you said they're both they're both uh, pretty outgoing people but is there anything else that you've picked up from them like a um I think I've got like they they're both they're both very sort of
0: My dad's a very, very caring guy um, and he'll always like put other people before him and my mum's actually a very, is a a very strong woman like she's sort of northern, northern girl deep down and kind of watching her with my brothers when we were growing up she was like quite not, not stern but like she was like, she was firm and fair so I think the combination of a sort of caring and sort of Firm um, parenting has kind of brought me up in a sort of way where i've got this i guess i've got a sort of a much clearer awareness of the people around me um, which may have like, which may have kind of been a factor as to why i'm why i'm feeling quite low recently because i 've been too conscious of other people um, but no i think they've they've definitely like there's definitely times where I see them like being like the life and soul of the party both of them actually or Or I see them kind of being very um, sympathetic and empathizing with different people. And so I think it's just getting a balance and knowing exactly how to act around certain people, which they're they're very good at. Um, And they give great, like they're very good, they're they're both very good listeners um, in different sort of areas. Um, And they give, yeah, as I said, they give great advice. So I'm not saying I give very good advice, but I'm definitely very. Open and willing to hear about other people, which I think that's where I got that. From. Yeah, I got it from there as well.
1: Nice. Yeah. One question that always pops up in this uh, podcast is where you see yourself in the next five years. It's a kind of a tricky one because life can take us in so many different places. But mm. seeing as you were saying how you used to live day by day, trying to sort of almost get through yeah. to the next one, do you now see? Do you now kind of? We're an age now where we where we do maybe start looking towards the future. Do you know what you want from the next five years? Um, I don't think I'm thinking on a five
0: year basis anymore. I think I'm thinking on like a yearly yearly basis at the moment. Where I've got a lot of things which could potentially be happening to me. Yeah, um, I could be moving abroad. Um, And then taking over a flat as well, which is going to be like basically a landlord and there's definitely career opportunities and kind of more people coming in and out of my life, which I didn't really expect and my mental health, which I'm a lot more aware of. So I need to be conscious of that. I think in five years time, my main goal is to be content with, with and happy with where I'm at. And I don't think, I don't actually, I know it's such a cliche, but money doesn't actually make me happy, but I just want to be able to... To physically do what I want to do and that's not like going away every five months and doing big holidays I just want to be able to be able to sustain a life which keeps me at bay with where I'm at mentally um and 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 that would involve doing certain things that would mean seeing the right people whenever I wanted and having a close relationship with my family still and um not getting into any sort of trouble sort of financially and or like definitely I'm really hoping five years I'm not sort of going out too much that would be not only bad but fucking embarrassing as well um, yeah I just want to be happy mate I just I don't think I see myself in any particular place um, physically where I'm like I want to be in a big mansion owning a business sort of thing because I think I can get to a really good um, position in the job I'm at currently um, if things carry on the way I'm going but it's not that's not coming from a sort of Monetary mindset is coming from just uh, I'm doing well at my actual job, and I would I'll just continue doing that, and eventually start managing more people, and bloody bloody bad, or it will just it was sort of it, that will sort of fall into place. But I just need everything else around my life to be going well, yeah. And that's completely friends, family, and sort of my mental state
1: for sure. Just- yeah, I think I think I think there's like a big there's a big thing to be said for. Not only wanting you, your own contentness, but it, you know, as has has come across throughout the whole of this podcast, you're someone who wants everyone else to be content because yeah. then you will not, that will that will bring your contentness as well. Which, in you know, like we said, in some ways can be quite draining, but in the other in other ways, you know, that's kind of the one of the main things about being in the world with people is mm-hmm. we want to help everyone and we want to bring everyone up and we want everyone to be content. And yeah. you, you know you want to make sure that the people you spend time with can be content yeah, as well. And if like, you can help them anyway, that's 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 part of life, isn't it? Exactly. Okay, I think that's it I think we're uh, I think we're just about done. Well this um, has been lovely. Yeah so. mate, thank you for being very honest. I think this has been a really refreshing one. I think we've gotten we've gotten probably probably a bit deeper than we normally do, especially in the first part. I think we really hit on some notes that um I think people are gonna be able to relate to quite easily and I think that's that's one of the main things that we're trying to do is is bring up topics that are so relatable to many men our age, but also people who ever listens to this. And um, I think the more we can, again, the more the more we can talk about this stuff, the more we can help everyone through ups and downs. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, anything to anything just make make it even more of an awareness scene than what it already is? I mean, I think we're, I think it's, we're doing a very, very good job in terms of a society to kind of raise it, but I think just more personal experiences definitely will... Continues to help, so yeah, this has been good for me and for well hopefully for the millions out there listening. Millions.
1: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Right, perfect. Nice mate. Oh good. Okay, we're finally out. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. If you did enjoy it, you can give us a subscribe or a review, and you can follow the podcast on Instagram or Facebook at hunkydorypod. And again, if you've been hit hard by the news of Caroline Flack's passing, remember there is always someone to reach out to. You can text or call the Samaritans on 116 123. And thank you again to Josh for being part of the podcast. It takes a lot to be open and honest about ourselves and even more to put our thoughts out to the general public. And of course, a quick mention to uh, our collaborators of Hunky Dory, Joel Stewart, who composed and recorded the music. If you want to hear him, you can give him a follow at joelstewart.music, or you can find all his latest stuff on Spotify. And to Chloe Allen for the amazing artwork she hand drew for the podcast logo. If you want to see more of her work, you can give her a follow at Art. Finally, thanks to you guys for listening. This has been Everything is Hunky Dory.